0: Hey guys, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCalval, and you are listening to the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show.
1: And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down
2: the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. Hello everybody, hello ladies and gentlemen, hello hashtag dear listeners, and welcome to episode 115 of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And Darren, Dare Bear, incredible badass Darren Beasley. Uh, that you sometimes call yourself. Uh, we got a lot to talk about on today's show. We got some folks leaving Impact Wrestling for greener pastures. And by greener pastures, I mean WWE wrestling. Uh, at least uh, green means money in this case. Ah, yeah, it does. There you go. We got an update about uh, WWE's women tag team championships, titles or belts, whatever Vince is going to let us call them.
0: I'm going to call him whatever I damn please.
2: well please. Fair enough. Uh, you are an individual, and Vince McMahon can't take that away from you unless he pays someone to have you killed.
0: <laughs> and then he may yet.
2: He, he may, may yet. he may yet. He may yet. He uh, may yet. Also, we're going to have an update from our good friend, hashtag friend of the show, Teddy Stigma, is on today's episode. Uh, we're going to get some updates on his health. It's been the, the saga of stigma on our show. I know a lot of you longtime listeners uh, recall... Hearing Teddy way back when, his initial interview with us, but since then he's been back a few times. uh, And since his injury while at an NXT tryout, uh, he's been rehabbing and uh, getting better. And uh, he's finally making his return back to the ring this weekend. We're going to talk about that with Teddy.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I always look forward to talking to Teddy Stigma. And, you know, I'm I'm excited about him. Making his way back to the ring this weekend. I really think 2019 is his breakout year.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag breakout year for Teddy Stigma. We mean it this time. We mean it this time. Uh, Also, Darren, you and I are going to do something on this show that we have not done in quite a while. I know a lot of our dear listeners have been asking us. uh, So we're going to actually do it for... NXT TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble, we're going to go head-to-head. Head-to-head. For both those shows, big shows this weekend, NXT TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble. And with the Royal Rumble, we of course got to talk about the third annual Ref and Show Royal Rumble Contest. We finally have our 30 participants Darren. it's very exciting. Later on, we're going to announce the participants and even assign them the numbers for the Rumble.
0: Are you listening?
2: Are you listening? Are you listening? You get your number later. You get your number later for again not only the men's Royal Rumble but the women's Royal Rumble as well. Two chances to win. And what are the odds of uh, what are the odds of one person winning both Rumbles, Darren?
0: That would be bizarre. Uh, that would be very very strange. I think if WWE decided to uh, <laughs> allow the same number entry. Uh, to win the Women's Rumble and the Men's Rumble. So I I feel pretty safe that one of our listeners doesn't win both of our
2: prizes. (laughs) I don't know. Only time will tell. But before we talk about the Royal Rumble and the third annual Royal Rumble contest, I guess first we've got to talk about those headlines. We have some departures from the world of Impact Wrestling, which used to uh, film the Deep South, now films in the uh, the Great White North. Uh, Sanjay Dutt and Abyss. Uh, both have been in Impact Wrestling slash TNA for a very, very long time. Uh, especially Abyss. My God, I feel like he's been there since the inception of Impact slash TNA. Uh, these are two names that
0: that that reek of tna like these two names are to me they're they're like aj styles christopher daniels and samoa joe like they're so tna they i mean they might as well be jeff jarrett you know <laughs> we, 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 might as, we might as well be announcing that jeff jarrett and dixie carter are joining wwe jeff jarrett kind of did though
2: i mean in a way he did kind
0: of he did kind of um and i still love that uh they allowed ec3 to keep the name ec3 which you know of course makes him dixie carter's nephew which is hilarious <laughs> because it's not even the reality in real life so like i love that that's a it's an unacknowledged continuity but if you know
2: you're paying attention.
0: You, you get to you get to go. Ah, see what you did there.
2: Right, but it, it kind of EC three kind of loses its meaning and just becomes EC three, much like AMC <laughs> American Movie Classics and uh, <laughs> Turner Classic Movies, sir, or, <laughs> or Turner Movie you Classics.
0: Mean, you mean much like WWE?
2: Oh,
0: because they don't even. Announce, I mean they they formally announced that it it no longer means it no longer officially even means world wrestling entertainment like the company is still world wrestling entertainment but WWE just means WWE so it just means
2: now <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't
0: i don't like i don't like it at all
2: i think a lot of places have kind of dropped like the oh it doesn't mean that it's just the initials now and that's what it is the initials I was like but the initials have to mean something Like JCP, KFC, I think they're all just like, oh, no, we're just KFC now. We're not Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. Well, then what are you? If you're not that, then what are you, goddammit? Yeah,
0: you know what I did notice? um, Back when I was uh, out in your neck of the woods, uh, out in Southern California and approaching Southern California through New Mexico and Arizona, uh, the last time I I made that uh, hellacious trek uh, in an automobile, in the Southwest, most of them still are called Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's like they didn't get the memo. There's a lot of uh, signs that still say Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, in the
2: Southwest. Well, the further away you get from Kentucky, the more exotic it becomes, Darren. So, uh... That's true.
0: That's,
2: <laughs> true. That's just the way you it know, is.
0: In, in Kentucky, it's just called Fried Chicken.
2: <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. Um, so, I mean, what are what are your final thoughts on Sanjay Dutt and Abyss uh, going to WWE? Uh, for me, uh, before you get in there.
0: Oh, okay. What are your thoughts? I'll tell
2: you. <laughs> I was going to say very quickly, for me, uh, it's, we, we talked about it many times on the show where there already is just too many people in WWE, and they keep signing more and more people. Of all the people to go, ah, oh, what a what a grab we got from Impact. We got Sanjay Dutt and Abyss. I've never, I've never been a fan of Abyss. Uh, I'll admit that. Uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy and people like him, but to me, he he was always kind of a a, a watered down mankind. But like, and by that I mean like, like like you you know the uh, the film company Asylum. Like when they make a remake of a horror movie, like he's the Asylum version of <laughs> of mankind.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned the asylum. Um, you know, I used to work for the asylum.
2: I know, I know, but I wanted to say it, <laughs> say it to the. To, to, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to our hashtag dear listeners as well. So I set you up for a, a revisiting of uh, the asylum job.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare!
2: Well, for those who don't know, Darren Beasley uh, did work on Snakes on a Train, ladies and gentlemen. And
0: uh,
2: no, no, snakes on a train. And and again, for those who don't quite get it, uh, if mankind is snakes on a plane, abyss is snakes on a train, and that's how (laughs) I feel. That's how I feel about abyss.
0: I well, that I feel the same way. I feel that that's exactly what abyss is. Abyss is like uh, they took a little bit of mankind, a little bit of cane, uh, they put it in a cocktail shaker. And then we got Abyss, and it's, you know, they also put too much ice in it in the cocktail shaker. And so <laughs> I wasn't going to say that.
2: I was totally and thinking and added a whole bunch of ice, but you said it for me, Darren. And Thank and you for being the bad so, guy. So I'm sorry to report, but he is
0: watered down. Now, Abyss <laughs> has had some memorable matches. Everybody loves to see somebody get dropped onto a pile of thumbtacks. Uh, Everybody likes to see somebody gush blood from their face. So in that respect, Abyss has had some memorable matches. And I'm sure if you were a diehard, dyed-in-the-wool TNA fan, and you followed the company from day one, and you followed Abyss's career there, you probably like Abyss because uh, he's a big part of that company, and he's a big part of the fabric of that company and the history of that company. So I don't mean to take anything away from a from a fan somebody who is a fan of Abyss. I just think that, like you, I'm just not one of those people. He didn't really ever do anything for me, and I feel like this is awfully late in his career. Yeah, and are they going to bring him in as Abyss? Like you, he's not the kind of person you bring into NXT. So are we like supposed to be anticipating some big? Raw debut for Abyss. And then... <laughs> like, if it's not the, Abyss. If it's not the weird, late, bad fit of Abyss and NXT, and if it's not the weird, anticlimactic, Raw debut of Abyss, I think the that only leaves the worst possible option, which is they bring him in and repackage him as something. Now, I'm not going to say that that precludes any possibility of him being good, but I don't know what it would be. Like, I don't know how you bring in the man behind Abyss to Raw or SmackDown, make him a major player, and him not be Abyss, and him, but him be interesting somehow. I just I just think it's a bad sign. But I don't I- think he's a bad signing. I'm sorry to to him.
2: But. <laughs> no, no, I I totally agree, um, and I, I do feel bad because I feel like there are Abyss fans out there, and and Sanjay did. I kind of feel the same way about, and and they're probably wonderful people, but it's it's just the fact that WWE is just so overpopulated as it is, um, and also with the prospect of AEW, you know, showing up now and they're wanting to recruit people too. It's like. Now you make the move to WWE. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, like, with with signing Sanjay Dutt and Abyss, it's almost like you're at a really nice buffet. And it's like, oh, man, you have all this food you can get. But why would you get those things? <laughs> Don't waste room on those you know things.
0: You know what? That um, actually reminds me of one time that I was at a, a really insane um, <laughs> buffet. Go on. Uh, in- in Las Vegas, uh, and I was uh, oh, I was, there. was it was it a
2: buffet? Uh, was it a buffet <laughs> that made you like bungee dive for your food? Because it was an insane buffet. It
0: was. It was. It was a an extreme sports buffet. <laughs> um, was you, Dan Cortezco, me and Dan Cortez. We were. The Only thing they have to drink is Mountain Dew. <laughs> But I, I will say that, like, I was uh, joined at dinner that night by
2: a uh, friend of the show. <laughs> Sorry, it hit me that it's a buffet. It's a, it's a buffet with, like, a hundred different foods, but only one type of beverage. That that struck me yeah. as very funny. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, that night at that particular buffet, uh, I believe it was at the Paris Hotel and Casino, I sat across the table from a friend of the show, um john bring and john had what you might suspect and it's, it goes to your example john had like prime rib and lobster and like jumbo shrimp cocktail and i for some reason fell in love with this weird like I, what i can only describe as hobbit food it was this weird <laughs> uh, concoction of like uh like carrots uh, rutabagas and golden raisins, and I was like just eating a giant plate of like tubers and dried fruits. Yeah, and you know, John looked at me like, "What are you doing? <laughs> this, is like a, this is like a fifty dollar buffet. Why are you eating abyss and Sanjay Dutt?" Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was a, it I was a, like, a glimpse of the future. Oh, could you Good, because I like it. Well, I mean, you, you said it just now, Darren, you might have accidentally betrayed your your feelings on this whole thing. They could be the rutabagas uh, and delicious vegetables that you paid way too much for, but you still enjoy them. So Sanjay Dutt and Abyss, best of luck in WWE. Again, the the bigger issue there is just what are you gonna do with them? To to, to make to make any impact, you know, with them, no pun intended. There's already too much going on, and you're already not using what you already have. Um, so I, it's it's a very odd situation for me. But uh, they are doing their best to try to utilize their women in WWE. Speaking of which, we do have somewhat of an update when it comes to the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Now, something we have not mentioned before, and really only crossed my mind just before we started recording, it's not that both brands will get title belts. There will be only one set of titles And that's kind of a cool thing for me. That kind of makes them a bit more special, if you ask me.
0: I agree. Um, Not to mention the fact that this will be the first time in 30 years that there have been women's tag team titles. Since the the Bomb Angels? Since the Bomb Angels, Darren? (laughs)
2: Diving Bomb Angels. Diving diving Bomb Angels. angels. Okay.
0: Actually, I don't believe they were the last ones to hold them, but uh, they were the most notable. Um, (laughs) These new tag team titles... I'm curious to see how they're defended. If, if there's still the women are brand loyal or brand exclusive, what's the deal with the tag belts? Um, we know once upon a time, I guess really other than John Cena being a free agent throughout most of this uh, brand split era of WWE, the only other example we really have of crossover was the original Undisputed Championship back when there was the the first brand split in the WWE, and the briefly um, important combined WCW and WWF world titles into the undisputed championship, and that person bounced back and forth from Raw and SmackDown, is that the fate of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions? I guess it has to be. But... Um, I know that they're going to be decided. We, we learned on uh, Alexa Bliss's segment on Raw that the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view will have an Elimination Chamber match to decide the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, and there will be three tag teams from Raw and three tag teams from SmackDown involved. So only one team can win, only one brand can claim the belts initially and where they go from there, like I said, is the big mystery and we'll see what happens.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I like the idea of tag team belts. Again, I'm not getting my wish and it's not a, a six woman tag belt, which I would really like more, but I do like that. There's going to be one set of belts. Cause I mean, you'd be really stretching yourselves thin to have both uh, brands with their own sets of uh, tag belts and, I mean, I guess I guess the the whole WWE feels kind of overpopulated with belts right now, anyway, as it is. But um, I mean, you're kind of necessary. It's not their fault they have you know a thousand people on their roster. <laughs> so actually, it is their fault. Well, but uh, it, is, <laughs> it
0: is totally their fault. It is weird. Like I saw uh, a graphic on Instagram today. Of I think it said your your Kingdom Champions or something like that was the the title of the graphic, and it was a picture of Pete Dunne, Tony Storm, Zach Gibson, and James Drake. And it was like, you know, I'm not taking anything away from the careers of those individuals, but, you know, a year ago, let's say two years ago, unless you were a close follower of indie wrestling, and in particular, like, British indie wrestling, those people were nobodies, and now they're like WWE Uh, title holders and they all have uniquely designed belts that represent territories and et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, wow, there are four belts in that picture, which did not exist two years ago. And there they all are. And that just adds to that insane collection of belts that uh, under the WWE banner these days. Well, exactly.
2: There's all those. And you have the, um, you have the North American Championship belt, which didn't exist, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, and now these women titles are coming up. And again, I, I understand the need for it. Uh, but it's still funny to me that they won't... That they'd rather make new titles up than just give the titles they already have to people who actually need them. Um, they'd much rather just give it to, you know, Lesnar or Daniel Bryan or when he's around, obviously, Roman Reigns. Uh, and, in the tag teams like The New Day... It's just like, these people have all been champion. Let other people be champion. You don't have to make new belts. Just give them those titles. But anyway, obviously for the NXT UK brand, it's different. Like, those belts will be defended in the UK. So it's not like they can just swing by a and go, I won't be a continental champion. I will be... Um I apologize to all of our uh all of our european fans actually just all of our fans in general um so I understand that, but that's all we know about the uh women's titles right now. <laughs> But that's all
0: we know about I'm sorry, you you had me me at the chimney sweep uh, impression (laughs) Uh, Not all English people are Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins
2: I'm sure English folk would be the first to tell you that there's five or six different dialects when it comes to uh, There's different areas and people sound differently of course Um, But however, every English person that's ever done an American accent basically does a John Wayne impersonation. And I I always find that to be very comical. But it's funny because every American who does an English accent, it's always Dick Van Dyke, who is an American doing an English accent in a movie. Um, It's it's an American doing a poor attempt
0: at a Cockney accent. (laughs) He actually does an Australian accent.
2: (laughs) It's an entirely wrong part of the globe, so... Dick Van Dyke does not represent us. Uh he represents me, Darren. He does speak for me. Uh that's just the way it is. So that's Jer- no.
0: Jerry Van Dyke speaks for me.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: And, and Big Lots.
2: Oh. This is true. That's about it for the wrestling headlines making their way around the world. Um, but someone is here today with headlines of his own. It's always a pleasure to have him on the show, and he's back once again, folks, with some updates. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag dear listeners, I am excited. I am stoked. Darren, I know I speak for you. We have back one of our good friends, one of our hashtag best friends of the show, Mr. Teddy Stigma. Teddy, welcome back to the whole Ref and Show. Hey, guys. Thanks
1: for having me back. And uh, for all of you out there listening, you guys are a bunch of jerks. <laughs>
2: No, Teddy, no, no. I mean, I, I should expect that from the world's worst role model, but come on, Teddy.
1: Uh, was it too early? Should I should I have eased into that? <laughs> <laughs> you went for the kill. Uh, yeah, I went for the... Called them jerks. <laughs> <Look out. laughs> That's our job, Teddy. Sorry, sorry to end your intro. I'm sure you had uh, all my accolades listed and uh, all of
2: the titles I haven't won. <laughs> Yes, I, I had much more to tell them about that you had not done. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't get a chance to get to that, no.
0: Long list. <laughs> and here we go. Teddy Stigma has not held the <laughs> WCW Women's Championship.
2: <laughs> Nor the Cruiserweight title, and he never will at this rate. He's a he's a sturdy, uh, tall boy. Um Teddy Stigma! Welcome back to the show, and welcome back to the world of wrestling. Now, we have had the what we call the Stigma Saga playing out on our show here, the whole Refn Show. The only wrestling podcast calls it right down the middle. And uh, our hashtag, dear listeners, have been looking forward to updates. And they could not wait until the day that they could say, Teddy Stigma is back, everyone! Teddy Stigma is back! And shake the person sitting next to them and say it. And they go, who? Uh, and they go, no, no, you'll know who. You just wait for it. Yeah,
1: that all sounds pretty accurate.
2: (laughs) Uh, So, uh,
1: so, uh, yeah, and you're right, actually. It's pretty cool. The saga has kind of played out on your guys' show. Uh, But uh, uh, so, okay. So I'll, I'll give you the quick rundown, all right? I think it was two years ago I had a WWE tryout. Or maybe it was three years ago. It doesn't matter. I had a tryout. I messed up my knee during the tryout. It was, doing, it was during a really dumb drill, uh, warm-up. wasn't even anything cool. Tear my MCL and my ACL. Everybody that I talk to, doctors and so forth, they all tell me it's my MCL. So I go and I start rehabbing my MCL for eight months before finally deciding to get into MRI. Now, that was my mistake. I probably should have got the MRI a little earlier. Anyway, I get the MRI. They tell me my ACL is torn. However, my MCL doing quite well all the rehab apparently been working but then i got to go into surgery to get the acl fixed so we go in there and we do that fast fast forward another year and here i am talking to you ready to make my long-awaited and much talked about much neighbor shooked about return <laughs> it's
0: it's ballyhooed is what it is
1: yeah was that a pretty good uh, wrap-up of the saga? I feel
0: that, like that. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Nice. So that was total stigma saga, or stigmata, if you will. You know, we our listenership has grown over these years, and for those who may have not been with us from the very beginning, uh, it's always nice to be sure. able to have this whole story, and uh, it's been a story that, that Perry and I have gotten to watch, Uh, in person we've gotten to watch on the internet we've gotten to talk to you teddy directly about and it has been i mean i can't imagine being you throughout this saga because it's been harrowing enough for us to watch from a distance and and feel for you buddy (laughs) well um i'm i'm glad I've, i've got the support out there it feels good so um you know one day at a time i don't know <laughs> no totally totally we're just ready to support you in the ring like that's what that's where uh, all this is leading is is this return i mean like it's bubbling it, it's it's frothing we're, <laughs> and we're ready to see teddy stigma in the squared circle
1: hell yeah and you can see that <laughs> on january 27th sunday at 3 p.m in orlando at will's pub
2: that's right. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Let's, it talk upon ab- us. Let's talk about yeah. Mayhem on Mills 3. I saw the write-up in Orlando Weekly. Very nice. Um, yeah, yeah. oh yes, the Orlando Weekly, uh, who called me... Um,
1: whatever. The point is, it was a name you give to somebody when you haven't Googled them and you don't know anything about them. <laughs> 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 It was like Puerto Rican madman uh, Serpentico or something like that. It was like versus no less than Teddy Stigma. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think it was no less than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know him, folks. No less than. On January 27th at Will's
1: Pub in Orlando at 3 uh, uh, p.m., one of the matches will be, quote, no less than, end quote, Teddy Stigma, (laughs) Versus the Puerto Rican madman, <laughs> Sir <Bendigo>. Teddy, <laughs> Teddy,
0: Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Yeah. Please tell me we can expect a no less than t-shirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to make it happen. I hadn't thought of it, but I'm going to make it happen. Very nice, uh, very nice. I'm just
0: going to say, if you don't make it happen, I will. <laughs> 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 no less than t-shirt. <laughs>
2: A a, a a a more a more neutral statement has never been uttered before in the history of <laughs> wrestling <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, I mean uh, a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners, uh, whether they've attended Fest shows or not, they've become very aware of Fest wrestling. And if you're a fan of Fest wrestling, you're going to recognize a lot of the folks on this card. Uh, not only is uh, Serpentico fighting no less than Teddy Stigma, uh, you also have uh, other friends of the show uh, Effie and Leva Bates teaming up. They're taking on Fabulous Fitness. Uh, you got Drennan taking on Beastly Brody, a.k.a. Beastly. Uh, the Ugly Ducklings going against The End. Snoop Strikes versus Hunter Law. A uh, huge match between uh, Troy Hollywood, Arya Blake, Wolf Taylor, Aaron Epic, and Milo Beasley. So, I mean, that that's a tight card with some very solid talent on it. I'm overwhelmed just listening to it. And I Art. <laughs> about it uh uh,
1: snoop and hunter have been tearing it up lately like locally on the indies and everything so we're really stoked to see them uh just put on like a really solid thing um the five person match uh the qualifying match is just gonna be crazy and i kind of like that um it's a lot of like tough guys in the match and Arya Blake isn't exactly known as a tough guy, but she's just kind of thrown in there, which I think is the cool thing about Mayhem on Mills is that like you're just gonna see kind of random stuff sometimes like that. So that's gonna be cool. The end versus the ducks. I don't have any idea what's gonna happen there. I don't know, man. There's a lot going on in that show. Like I said, I'm overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, no, I and mean, it seems uh, like an overwhelming card. It seems like an overwhelming organization. Can you tell us a little bit about Mayhem on Mills?
1: Ah, well, the uh, leadership of Mayhem on Mills is a nebulous and unknown entity. <laughs> and one must never know the truth of what Mayhem on Mills has come from. But I can tell you this. There's a, at Will's Pub, which is sort of known in Orlando, it's just this kind of like uh. uh punk pub, like, seedier part of town or whatever, um, which is a nicer part of town now. But anyway, um, they, every Tuesday night, were doing this thing called Total Punk Turnbuckle Tuesdays, where this dude, Rich, buddy of ours, uh, (laughs) was playing, like, old Florida pro wrestling matches from the 80s while spinning old-ass punk rock records. And uh, it was just a cool thing to do on Tuesday night. And then yeah, one day, it sounds
0: like a good time. Yeah.
1: And one day they were like, "Let's slap a ring down in the parking lot and do that." So that's how like Drennan got involved, and then Rich is involved. Rich was the guy that did Total Punk Tuesdays, and I'm involved just kind of by proxy.
0: That is excellent. Like uh, ever since uh, the first show kind of crept up on all of us via social media, uh, I have been very excited. And then, especially after the shows have happened, um, it seems to be quite a buzz about it. So these qualifying matches, uh, is this uh, all designed to, to crown the very first champion?
1: That is correct. Uh, the, the, there is going to be a Mayhem on Ville's champion at some point. Um, that and
0: is outstanding.
1: Yeah. I can tell you, the, the, the plan as of now is uh, to have another show in April. So that'll be the one-year anniversary show.
2: Awesome. Well, that's very cool to know that there's more shows planned, Uh, but tell me about uh, the actual match you're going to have on Sunday against Serpentico. I mean, to me, you have all this built-up enthusiasm, maybe even some frustration. I have a feeling you might take it out on poor Serpentico. Well, you
1: know, John Cruz and I were friends, but this Serpentico guy that came in and filled in his place one day, now, this guy... You know, first of all, he's a snake, right? He's half snake, half man. Is that is that what he is? I've heard In- of that. Indubitably. Some might say but, all snake. But I have a feeling him and John Cruz, okay? Hear me out. The snake man ate John Cruz. So Oh
0: wow, shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so now I'm 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 fighting the a uh, cannibal basically, you know? <laughs> the half cannibal. Think about it. Right,
2: Serpentica yeah. might be an Ouroboros, the snake that eats itself. that's a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna tie that some bitch in knots. And, uh, <laughs> that's what it's gonna look like on Sunday, January
0: 27th. Uh, at no no less than Teddy Stigma will be there.
1: <laughs> uh. Tie Serpentica in that. Awesome. So, you
0: sound, you know, Teddy, you sound pretty confident about tying Serpentico in knots. Is there any uh, trepidation just because it's been a while since you've really been in there tearing things up? I mean, how how does it feel to be stepping back in the ring, uh, especially with an opponent of this caliber?
2: Darren, don't say tearing things up, please, to Teddy, okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he gave
2: me shudders. Uh, well <laughs>
1: Uh, you mentioned all that, and um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I thought about any of that. You know, my my knee surgery, and then having not wrestled for a year, and I got a bad knee now, I guess, and well, pretty much still two bad knees, and um, huh, yeah, I don't know. I suppose it's very likely I will lose, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't say well, that. You brought me down, man. I was. I was feeling good about this. (laughs)
0: Well, well, I'll tell you what, uh, if it it makes you feel any better, I will say uh, a big fan of the promo uh, you shot the other day, and we got to see, all I know is I wanted to see the other eight minutes that you said did not uh, make it into the promo.
1: Um, Well, it was mostly trying to figure out if Serpentago was half man, half snake, I guess. So... (laughs) The same nonsense I've been ranting about right now.
0: <laughs> hey, I'll take I'll take it any day. It sounds good to me.
2: Yeah, a lot of mystery yeah. when it comes to Serpentico. Uh, no one really knows where his head's at these days. Uh, Jonathan Cruz was a nice guy. Seemed like a nice fella, uh, but then Serpentico showed up, and that is most certainly not a nice fella. I mean, by the looks of it, he's he's out there eating people after
1: all. Oh yeah, and then the whole like hitting people in the balls with chairs thing. You know, you got to watch out for that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But hey, man, here's the other thing, though. Pretty big guy. I can catch him. End of the story. You know what I mean? <laughs> reverse. Uh, uh, what's, what do I do for a finish nowadays? I don't know. I haven't wrestled in it. I'm going a, to a reverse uh, a, 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 what's it called? A burning hammer. Boom.
0: Right? Burning there hammer. You, uh, nice. Not a, not a reverse burning hammer. No, 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 no.
2: That's a death battle. That's, yeah, that's not that. Cool. <laughs> you hear that folks teddy stigma is a regular babe ruth he's calling a shot yeah
1: yeah so burning hammer um and then i win a match oh well, no that's my prediction
2: well i certainly hope serpentico is not listening to this interview because now he knows <laughs> what to look out for uh burning hammer and not to reverse burning hammer we discussed that not
0: a, not a reverse burning <laughs>
2: So awesome! Well, it sounds like you have somewhat of a game plan going into this. That's obviously very wise. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> your, your game plan is no game plan at all. Um, well, you know, we're gonna yeah. wish you the best of luck. That's why I'm so unpredictable. <laughs> <I don't> exactly. <laughs> didn't, didn't like Reagan say
1: that or something?
2: Darren did. Did I, Reagan say he was unpredictable?
1: Who?
2: Who? Uh, Ronald Reagan, the actor.
0: The actor.
2: <laughs> he was
0: actor. Ronald Reagan. He said, please pass the jelly beans.
2: Chirp, chirp, chirp. Um,
0: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall.
2: (laughs) So, obviously, fans, if you're in the Orlando area or anywhere near it, within like a a few miles drive of it, go check out uh, Mayhem on Mills 3. Uh, It is going down January 27th uh, in Orlando. Read about No Less Than Teddy Sigma in Orlando Weekly and the Mayhem on Mills show as well. Uh, Teddy, where can people find you on social media these days? Um, well, uh, you can find me
1: at Teddy stigma as an at Teddy stigma, um, on Twitter at real Teddy stigma on Instagram. You can Google or Facebook search Teddy stigma. I'm on Facebook and, uh, and I think I'm probably, uh,
2: the most likable on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Awesome. Well, then we will certainly do that. I mean, we already are following you on all your social medias uh, so yeah, and you guys got your shit together. Don't expect a person who has their shit together when you follow me on social media <laughs> now you get to, you get to see the real teddy Sigma, which is just as good as the the unreal teddy Sigma, I should say um well, awesome, Teddy. We're glad to have you back in the world of wrestling, looking forward to seeing you in the future. I'm sure fest wrestling probably making a return to that some at some point, correct uh
1: yes, yeah, fest, I will not be. On the uh, February show, the tag team show, and I don't have a tag team partner for the show. We're back at Fest in April.
0: Yeah, I, well, very excited to see you at Fest in April. And Perry, let me just add to your uh, your bit about Orlando. You don't just have to be in the Orlando area, they have an international airport there. So, really, if you are able to catch an airplane,
2: you need to be at Mayhem on Mills. Yeah, I would I would 100% agree with that. <laughs> check out Teddy Sixma on social media. And check him out uh, in Orlando this weekend. Teddy, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for dropping by. Oh, man. Thanks, guys, for having me on the show. Absolutely. Hey, Teddy. Teddy, it's your breakout year,
1: bud. Oh, yeah. I can't wait, dude. Because if not this year, I guess I'll just do it next
0: year. <laughs> Hashtag breakout year. The years, they just keep coming. Yeah, there's always more this is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as Girl Who Just Kicked Your Butt. And this is a whole reffin' show. Hey, you know what's better than one takeover in a month? Two takeovers in a month.
2: <laughs> Seven takeovers?
0: Uh, not yet. It's coming. <laughs> uh, it'll be after they open up NXT Dubai.
2: Oh, and, uh,
0: NXT Shanghai, maybe NXT Melbourne.
2: Um, <laughs> NXT Jupiter.
0: <laughs> Melbourne, Jupiter, and other beaches in South Florida.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, no, but this one is not in South Florida or in Saudi Arabia. No, it's in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, people from Phoenix are called Phoenicians. Really? <laughs> Not really.
2: Oh, okay. Um, you had me going. Is this what you teach your students, Darren? <laughs> that uh, certain certain areas are, are called certain things, and you laugh when they go home and tell their parents, and the parents are like...
0: Yeah, and then I go, no,
2: I'm just kidding. And
0: then they're terribly confused. <laughs> I actually do have to, now that you mention it, I do have to be careful about that, because sometimes I do. Um, I don't feed misinformation, but sometimes if a student presents to me some misinformation that they're very uh, sure about, I'll go like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I would never deliberately mislead a student. I uh, always appreciate a student with a thirst for knowledge, and I am happy to provide uh, that that uh, refreshment. Nice
2: damage control, Darren. As you were. <laughs>
0: So um, the Phoenicians will be there in Arizona for NXT TakeOver Phoenix on Saturday night, the 26th of January, 2019. We've got a tight little five-match card. I'm sure we might get a, a sixth baby match or maybe a squash match thrown in there or at least something on the, uh, on the pre-show. Those don't count. No, you're right. They really don't. But let's talk about the five that we do know about because it's an interesting card. I'm not going to say that I am head over heels uh, about it, but le- we'll we'll discuss it as we go through.
2: What you say? You're head over
0: head? Head to head. Sure. Or at least head to head. Head
2: to head. That makes more sense, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, opening match is the opening match from the last NXT TakeOver. <laughs> Not, of course, the NXT UK TakeOver of Blackpool, but no, the last NXT regular type for like Orlando. Uh, and it's Matt Riddle taking on Cassius Ono. And I'm sure uh, <laughs> I'd be very surprised. If we got a repeat of the non-match that they had at the last takeover.
2: Well, you say it's the first match and a repeat, but yeah, that first one was not a match. That was a very non-match. So I'm looking forward to an actual match taking place here.
0: And I think
2: it will be an actual
0: match if they l- I know we say this so we say this so fucking much when it comes to WWE products, but if they'll just let them go, this could be A killer match. This could steal the show. Um, Both of these men are capable, are highly capable. And I think together they are capable of putting on the type of match that would steal the show, steal the weekend, even. That's very hard to be a Royal Rumble match. But as far as a singles match, this could be the singles match of the weekend if they'll just let it be. I'm pulling for Matt Riddle. I think it's a no brainer that Matt Riddle will win. I don't see the purpose of putting Cassius Ono over on Matt Riddle um, at this point in this program, at this point in each of their careers. It just doesn't make sense. I'd be very surprised for Ono to win. So I'm picking Riddle.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been discussed before on the show that Cassius Ono has kind of accepted the role of enhancement talent, I guess, but he literally exists to enhance other people. He's like a He's like a, a mid-card enhancement talent, if that makes any sense. Um, oh, it totally does. Right, and and that that's a cool role for him to be in, but it doesn't leave a whole lot of mystery when it comes to, like, who's going to win this feud, you know what I mean? Obviously, they want to build Matt Riddle up and not immediately knock him down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going with Matt Riddle is going to be the, the the smart money. Yeah,
0: and, I, you know, I feel good about that pick, and I'm also excited about that pick because I'm a big Matt Riddle fan, and I just I want big things for him. I enjoy the spotlight being on him. He, he's a natural, he's such a natural fit. I think in the WWE, um, he was a perfect indie darling, but I think, I really think he's going to do well in the WWE spotlight. And so push, push, push next up is the NXT North American championship and the champion himself. Ricochet puts his title on the line against Johnny wrestling And of course, I mean Johnny Gargano, the one and only Johnny Wrestling, Mister Candice Lerae, and uh, the possessor of one uh, rather
2: bad attitude. Indeed, which I'm not a huge fan of. Again, we've talked about that (laughs) only because his former cohort has a bad attitude as well.
0: Right, and that makes it confusing. And
2: because they they, are they
0: together? Are they not together? is is this gargano is you are you just working like this is what happens this one bad apple spoils the whole bunch and look at the damage that Champa has done to gargano I don't quite follow it um, so I don't love it either. I think Gargano needed to just just he really needed to keep carrying the torch of the white meat baby face There was nothing wrong with
2: that he's beloved for that. Well, he's Johnny Wrestling. He's so wholesome. He's he's apple pie. I almost said he's football, but he's not. He's wrestling. Um, and and <laughs> that's the thing is is it doesn't matter who Gargano was feuding with. He is perpetually feuding with Tomasa Champa. So th- that's another reason why I harp on the whole like why is he so bad if Champa is so bad? Because again, it, it does take heat away from Champa. But at least Gargano is a different kind of bad. It's like a crazy bad. Whereas Champa is Ciampa's just an asshole bad. so
0: Yeah, and, and just one more reason, just to go back for just a second, one more reason why I think Johnny Gargano needs to remain babyface is Candice LeRae. Because it's like he was so wholesome and so nice and a good guy, white meat babyface, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was like, oh man, the only thing missing is a sweetheart. Oh, he's got one!
2: Yeah, and
0: yet we're still doing this.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that that's actually a really good point. But you know, my idea before was Lorray turning on Gargano when Gargano and Champa were still feuding and joining with Champa, which would have turned Lorye bad too, which I thought would have been great. Um, but uh, I agree, we we yeah, I, I love that idea. Yeah, I would have done that. What do you think happens here though? I was gonna say, but Gargano does fight Ricochet here, and this is going to be a good match. I I've spoken. Highly of Gargano, especially when we talked about our, our ten favorites from 2018, uh, Gargano can have a barn burner with anyone it seems, and he's had some of my favorite matches over the past couple of years. Um, Ricochet though, that that is that is one heck of a dance partner I gotta say. So I mean this this one this could be match of the night. I'm looking at this one to be match of the night faux show. Sure. The only thing is, does Ricochet drop the belt to Gargano at this point? He didn't have it for very long, uh, not compared to um, Adam Colbebe, uh, the inaugural North American champion. But at the same time, if Gargano gets the belt, and if they're kind of teasing Gargano and Champa, kind of being together... Then I say go. I say go for the go for the Grand Slam and also make them the actual tag champions as well. That way they have all the belts and Candice LeRae has the women's title. Uh, I'm thinking. Wait, I'm getting way. I'm getting way too far ahead. Um, <laughs> but I, at the same time, I think Gargano has lost so much when it comes to takeover that he still is owed something for all of his hard work. And I take nothing away from Ricochet, but I think Gargano getting the belt from Ricochet it would mean a lot more. So I'm gonna go with Gargano.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go with Ricochet. And you're probably
2: right, but.
0: uh, Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm almost reluctant to go with Ricochet because of all the reasons that you stated, plus the fact that Ricochet doesn't need the belt. Not that Gargano needs the belt, but maybe Gargano needs the win. He needs something. Give, right. And it would give him the belt. I don't think Ricochet really needs the belt. Um, I know I wouldn't have put a belt on Ricochet at this point. Uh, I don't know what you do with Ricochet, but not stick him uh, with a belt right now. He, He has so much more, not to prove, but to show off. And putting him with a belt locks him into the expectations of a title holder, which is to meet challengers, And then anytime you're meeting challengers, especially if they're, you know, being booked to be worthy challengers, then there are constant threats to defeat him. And to me, that diminishes Ricochet. Even if he wins, it diminishes him to not give him an opportunity to show off. He needs to be booked against enhancement talent so that we're just
2: mesmerized by Ricochet. No, absolutely. I agree with that completely. And I was going to say that it's one of those cases where they put the belt on someone way too soon. Um, And again, not that Ricochet doesn't deserve having the title, he just got it really fast. And once you have the title, you have to lose it eventually just so the the story of the title can, can continue on. Unfortunately, any loss for Ricochet when he's the champion is going to mean a lot more than if he just lost a match. You know what I mean? I mean, he can have a good match with anyone. And you could have him at every takeover, just fighting anyone in a grudge match. But yeah, put a title on him, then he's gonna have to lose eventually. It's a guaranteed loss eventually. So well, we gotta keep the uh, title train a rolling.
0: And that's usually what NXT TakeOver is all about, is title match, title match, title match, title match.
2: Oh, yeah, they, they we, used up their, their one grudge match spot. <laughs> now all the other the other four matches have to be title matches.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the next belt on the line is, is a pair of them, actually, the Tag Team Championships of NXT. The champions are the Undisputed Era. And uh, I guess, th- really, it could be any four of them. But on this night, so it is booked, it will be Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong representing Undisputed Era as the tag team champions to take on the team of Hanson and Rowe, collectively known as the War Raiders. And I, uh, I think this will be a good match. Uh, I've never seen the War Raiders. I've never seen them have a bad match. Nope, very talented. Another thing uh, that I think is cool right now is they, you know, okay, you, you make the name change, and it's not
2: bad. It's it's not great. Um, <laughs> How badass is War Machine? That's kind exactly. of – Exactly. Yeah.
0: And War Raiders is is not bad. It's really not. It's a little generic. It seems a little generic sounding for some reason. Um, I love the fact that they put them in full-blown armor. Like – that's really cool looking. The, the the helmets that cover their entire heads and faces that's in the promo artwork for TakeOver looks amazing. Um, and I think it's good because that NXT, you do get to see just a little bit of uh, of risk being taken. Stuff you would never see on Raw or SmackDown, you do sometimes get to see on NXT because they're like, oh, hell, it's... It's not the whole world watching, so we can make a mistake. Guess what? They're not mistakes. The risks that NXT usually takes pay off. Hmm. That would be a hint to me if I were booking Raw on SmackDown. Not to be afraid of risks, but to embrace them. They fear change, Darren. They fear change. It's ridiculous. But what do you think about this match? Who wins? Do the War Raiders take the belts off the Undisputed Era?
2: Is it the time for the undisputed era to lose their tag team championships? Well, Darren, one thing we've yet to even mention at all on this episode is we are—I mean, we are going right into Royal Rumble, and we are dangerously close to WrestleMania. It's about time for some roster changes, some call-ups. We've seen some recent call-ups on uh, WWE television, including uh, Heavy Machinery. Made their way up to uh, the the big show, as it were. And uh, Lacey Evans apparently going to make her debut in the Women's Rumble this year as well. Uh, a couple other ones there. But at the same time, if Undisputed Era loses, that might mean they're working their way up to the main show uh, between now and WrestleMania. So, I don't know. I mean, it might be a good time to put Undisputed Era on that main card. I mean, it's not because there's nowhere for them to go. But... Uh, <laughs> again, too crowded as it were. But I, I understand them maybe going ahead and doing that now just because it's like, well, it's you know, we're getting close to mania, so all kinds of crazy things can happen. So um War Raiders need the win, Undisputed Era. I think they're the two-time tag team champions by now. Yeah, because they beat they lost to Mustache Mountain and got him back Mustache Mountain. Um so uh they could lose here. War Raiders kind of do need the victory, so I'll go with the War Raiders on it. What do you think? I'm picking the War Raiders as well.
0: I think it makes sense for the feud. It makes sense for the vibe in the room on this night. Um, And I think you're right. It makes sense to probably send off the Undisputed Era, uh, either right after the Rumble or in the lead-up to WrestleMania. Um, Also, with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish not appearing on this card, unless they accompany their stablemates to the ring for this match, Does that mean we get to see them in the Rumble or one of them? We saw Adam Cole appear in the Royal Rumble last year. This is true. Could we see a repeat of that?
2: Does this year's appearance mean that he's staying put? A lot of speculation. Speculation abound because we are just about on that road. We're getting getting some road snacks before we leave, Darren. But we are just about to be on that road to WrestleMania. And really, I mean, (laughs) anytime you're on the road to WrestleMania, let's... Let's face it, that's what it's all about every year. WrestleMania, it's all about WrestleMania, and every WrestleMania is just an advertisement for the next WrestleMania. Uh, That takes us into the women's match, ladies and gentlemen. Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Spades, is defending against Bianca Belair, who, uh, it's pretty cool, she's getting a title shot. Good for her. I guess. Uh Uh Uh-oh, let's hear it, Darren.
0: I I'm just not a fan. I, I tried to be and and I briefly was I'm just not it, it didn't stick. She's she's not her her seed has not taken purchase um for me. I, I just don't uh I don't know. It's just something that's not that's not clicking. She doesn't seem ready. She seems unfinished in a bad way. You know, I, I like unfinished sometimes because it, it appears good. Um, I think that in some ways, even Matt Riddle is very unfinished, but it works. Um, you know, we see people all the time on uh, in our indie wrestling ventures and adventures that aren't quite ready, but it works for them. Not because they're sloppy, but because they're green. And green doesn't have to mean sloppy. It can sometimes just mean green. And when somebody's green, it can go one of two ways. It can lend itself to looking like a fight, or it can lend itself to looking like somebody who's counting their steps, like they're learning how to ballroom dance with
2: Goofy uh, (laughs) from from Walt Disney. Okay. Um, I don't think anyone would confuse it with any other Goofies, Darren. Um, (laughs) I, I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. Like when someone is is green, in the way you're saying it, it's like they're kind of more raw, and uh, like there there are mistakes, but it's like charming mistakes or whatever. Uh, but it, it's like the first two Iron Maiden albums that weren't horribly overproduced, and then after that you had Number of the Beast, and you know that hey that album sold a lot of copies, all right, and they got you know Bruce Dickinson singing, but the Paul the the, the Paul Dano stuff, man. There's some, there's some good stuff back there. Anyway, um, that's probably exactly what we're talking about here. <laughs> it is. I was thinking
0: the whole time, I was thinking, you know, if Perry doesn't bring up Iron Maiden, I will.
2: Yes, very nice. Uh, no, I understand. Bianca definitely is still very green, especially when it comes to the world of wrestling. I, I don't think she's someone that did indie shows for a long time, and they said, you know what, you're pretty good. Um, I think she kind of is performance center, uh Born and raised, more or less. And there's nothing wrong with that, absolutely. There's some good talents that have come from the PC. But I don't think she's quite title shot ready. And that's and that's because I want her to get even better. Because I know that she can get even better. Um, that might also be where you're going with this, Darren. of uh, Baszler, though, is someone who's just... Has been training for any kind of fighting for years and years and years and years, and she's doing so great. She's really taken to the whole wrestling thing very, very well. And we've talked every time I talk about her, I have to comment that she impresses me more and more every time I see her. Um, yeah, of all the opponents for Shannon Baszler at this point, Bianca Blair—not quite someone that I'd want to see her fight at this point. Um, the feud is interesting. I do like Bianca Blair's uh, attitude. Uh, that's cool. I like her gimmick, but they're—they're they're definitely is more work to be done uh, when it comes to training for her to take on a main or you know, a main event for the women, I should say, uh, role in a, a match like this, a title match, if you will. So I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler, and I have a feeling you might also be going with Shayna Baszler.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely got to pick Shayna Baszler to win this match. It only makes sense for her to win this match. She needs to keep kicking ass. She needs... To do more and more with uh, Duke and uh, Shafir and lead up to that four horsewomen clash, which is eventually coming. So we don't need to see Baszler suffer at all until that time. We need to see her remain extremely dominant. And it doesn't squash Air to not win this match. And so that's just another reason. It really would hurt Baszler to lose this match. Not going to hurt Bel Air to lose this match, and you know the match itself has a, a chance to be really great because one thing Bel Air is is extremely athletic. I don't know that she's a great wrestler yet, or she may never be one, but she's a hell of an athlete. That that much is undeniable, and she has a good gimmick and she has a good look. She's just not really selling me that much on her being a pro wrestler. Um. And Baszler is. Baszler makes me forget that she was ever in an octagon. Shayna Baszler is the, the, the prototype. She is what wrestling should be. So, yeah, Baszler absolutely is my pick to win this match. I had a feeling. I had a really good feeling about that. Well, after we have the women's title match here in NXT, it's time for the men's title match. And the champion of NXT is Tomasa Champa. His opponent, former champion, Aleister Black. Oh, yeah, he was champion, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah, he was. <laughs> and he is here by seeking to become a
2: two-time NXT champion. Well, Aleister, I will say, this is one way to finally get in that main event spotlight, uh, fighting someone else who typically isn't the main event even when they are not champion. Um, of course, refer to the times Aleister Black was champion, but was never actually put in the main event. Um, but Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano were, uh, Ciampa and Aleister Black, I mean, this match can't be bad, right? I mean, this has, it has all the perfect ingredients that you need. It's got root beer and it's got ice cream. It's going to be a delicious root beer float of a match. Um, so I'm just looking forward to watching it happen, but there's no reason why Champa would drop the belt to Black.
0: I agree. Um, I think Alistair Black would be an unnecessary two-time NXT champion. It doesn't really do anything special for him to be that. I don't think it does anything special for the belt to be held twice by Alistair Black. I think it does a lot for Champa to add to his resume that this would be a very good victory for him. You could also see something... Uh, going wrong earlier in the show for Gargano and uh, Champa being to blame. And we get to see the receipt here uh, in the main event, which uh, even though that should mean uh, bad things for Champa, legally, technically, with the belt on the line, it makes much more sense that it adversely affects Alistair Black, um, even though Gargano would be attempting to, to to hurt Champa, sure, and uh, it's because of that uh, that I think Champa retains. Well, I don't,
2: I don't, uh, I, I see where that could happen very easily. At the same time, I don't see Gargano costing Black the match because it would just lead to Gargano versus Black, which they've already done before. Because Gargano's already cost Aleister Black a you know championship before. Um, so, and again, even if Aleister Black and Gargano fight again in the next takeover, like, who cares at that point? It's not for anything. And again, Gargano and Champa is the ultimate feud. Um, so I, I think Champa just needs to put Aleister Black away fairly. This could mean a move up to the main roster for Black. Uh, might see Aleister Black in the Rumble. That's a possibility. Um, so this match needs to just have a, a definite winner, and it just needs to be Champa. As much as I love Aleister Black, by the way. I think, if anything, Alistair Black is a little disenchanted when it comes to being the NXT uh, champion uh, because there wasn't exactly a, uh, a ticker tape parade for him. <laughs> again, he wasn't ever actually in the main event of any uh, takeovers or anything like that. And his, his, it's, it wasn't the greatest title run as much as I, I like Alistair Black again. So the only reason they'd give it back to him was to go, Sorry about that first title run. This one's going to be way better. We'll have a big parade. We promise. Um, so there's no reason for that. Um, I think Alistair Black's ready for the main roster, so it might be a call-up for him. But, again, Champa needs to hold on to the belt. The only person that's going to take that belt away from Champa is going to be Gargano. And I'm going to stick to that. So, Champa all the way.
0: Champa all the way for me, too. And, like you, touching on one thing you said was going to be my second point. So, now let me throw it out there. My second point, which you already covered, is that Alistair Black is not long for NXT in my mind. He is sitting on G, waiting on O to get to Raw or SmackDown. And um, the easiest way to do that is to bow out, at least semi-gracefully, here in a loss to the NXT champion. It's not humiliating. It's not embarrassing. It doesn't undo his character. But he does sort of the favors on his way out the door because, in essence, in theory... He wins by moving up. Right. Like, that is a victory in and of itself. And I think it's time for that. Um, Do I want that? No. I want him to stay where he is because then we get to see him constantly. We get to see him with the full gimmick. I'd hate to see some truncated version of who and what he is as
2: soon as he appears on Raw uh, or SmackDown. Oh, it's going to be like a Gangrel thing. Like, oh, this... This interesting. Look at this interesting person. Oh, he's so interesting and demonic and and yeah. It, it's uh, I, I'm looking uh, forward. I'm looking forward slash not looking forward at all to uh, Alistair Black on the main roster, but it's gonna happen. It, it, it deserves to happen. He he. I mean he he deserves it absolutely. So you know, fingers crossed for you, buddy. But uh, again, that speculation, it might not even happen. But I'm you know, pretty safe bet that it will happen at some point. Um, but that's it for NXT TakeOver Phoenix. And thank you for, you know, Marvel Comics for years of reading X-Men. I know how to spell Phoenix very easily. A lot of people struggle with that one, Darren. <laughs> A lot of people struggle. You
0: know, they really do.
2: It's it's uh, It can be hard to spell
0: some, some of the words from the ancient and the classical world, especially uh, when they're lost in translation and they're anglicized, but for some reason... We hang on to some weird vowel sounds and weird vowel
2: combinations,
0: and, <laughs> and then of course, everybody's favorite, which is a lack of vowels where there might need to be some.
2: Oh yeah, uh, Phoenix, Apocalypse, Colossus. I was always, always pretty ready to write those out when I was young. A lot of, a lot of kids struggled. Uh, they say comics aren't good for you. They're wrong about that. They are very wrong about that. That's uh, the Carver NXT takeover, Phoenix. But there's also something else going on this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and something that involves our third annual Royal Rumble contest. That would have to be WWE's Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. Darren and I, we're not through yet. We're going to go head to head. Head to head.
0: The WWE is bringing us the Royal Rumble again. And thank God. God for that. I love the Royal Rumble, don't you, Perry? I do enjoy a good Royal Rumble, yes. If you like wrestling, you like Royal Rumble. If you like wrestling, you like Battle Royals. And I will say, the Battle Royal is truly perfected by the Royal Rumble. WWE got that right a long time ago. I guess we're supposed to give a nod of the hat to Pat Patterson for quote-unquote inventing it. Um, There is something distinct about the Rumble match that makes it uh, not the regular Battle Royal, I understand that, and I dig it, uh, that you get all the pleasures of a Battle Royal, plus the anticipation of the ticking clock, and then of course, WWE tradition has taught
2: us that we also get to anticipate surprises. Well what's funny about that is uh when you asked me if I liked the Rumble, and I do I, I do love the Rumble, I'm not just saying that just because we're hosting a you know podcast we're talking about the Rumble. I I've always enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I look forward to it every year. Uh, but it's funny because you asked me that and I was thinking about the Rumble and I was like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to make more Rumble matches throughout the year, but they did do that. I, I immediately was like, oh no, they did do that when they added greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, and also adding the Women's Royal Rumble within the Royal Rumble itself. So, never mind. They they, they have already doubled and tripled down on the Rumble itself. What yes. it's It's been great, though. I mean, Rumbles... actually watched a few of the older Rumbles uh, recently just to kind of get in the spirit of Royal Rumble. It's just always so enjoyable. And, and it's the most hard-to-predict match that there is, really. Because right when you think, like, oh, they're definitely going to let so-and-so win, like, you get swerved or... Or you, you sure. think definitely so-and-so is not going to win. They're not going to let that guy win again or they let him win again. Like, I mean, it is it is so hard to predict, and it's a lot of fun, especially when we have assigned people, hashtag dear listeners of our show, certain numbers in the Rumble itself. But I'm getting ahead of myself, Darren.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I cannot wait till we get to reveal the numbers to our hashtag dear listeners for the Royal Rumble contest, the third annual ref and Show Royal Rumble contest. Uh, speaking of going back and watching old Rumbles, don't watch 2012.
2: <laughs> Just don't. No, no, I meant old, old, like 80s and 90s old.
0: Uh, I I know I know what you mean, but don't watch <laughs>
2: 2012.
0: Oh, okay, okay, sure. Whatever you do, it's like they decided to make it bad. Wow, <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna say. Um, and of course, now that means you have to go watch it. But I do. Don't watch it, please watch it. Um, <laughs> all right, this year's Royal Rumble. It's 2019. I mean, woo! The years they are flying by.
2: It's all robots, cyborgs, and laser beams, Darren.
0: You know that would make for a very different Rumble, actually.
2: <laughs> my, my my money's on the laser beams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona, Chase Field. The home of the Arizona Diamondbacks will play host to the 2019 rendition of the Royal Rumble being held on Sunday, the 27th of January. And, uh, you know, I think it's really cool now that Rumble gets to go to stadiums now in addition to WrestleMania going to stadiums every year. That's big news. It's not easy to sell out A stadium, period And when you're already doing a a one stadium sellout a year with Wrestlemania And you're doing arena sellouts twice a week, every single week I mean, say what you will about business uh, being up and business being down I don't care what WWE's bottom line is Interest is
2: there this has to be a boom period for wrestling, right? Well, Rumble is one of those pay-per-views. Uh, it's like WrestleMania. I mean, even fans of wrestling that don't necessarily watch it every week or even like at all during the year, they're still like, oh, it's Royal Rumble time. Like, hey, you want to watch the Rumble? Like, I've got friends that live near me that you know, have always loved wrestling. They don't really watch it nowadays um, but when it like they still want to come over to watch the Rumble or watch WrestleMania. And I I I do think Rumble's right there with WrestleMania as far as like, oh, it's always fun to watch Royal Rumble. So
0: Well, that goes back to how the opening of this very segment. It's the Royal Rumble, it's something special, it's something different, it's something that brings uh everybody back to wrestling and puts all eyes on that squared circle at least for that hour. And then of course, these days we're lucky enough to have two hours. Because we have a men's and a women's rumble. But in addition to those two matches, we have seven other matches to discuss. Somehow. And not only discuss, but to go head-to-head.
2: Head-to-head.
0: With some picks. So I say, let's
2: get right to it. I say, let's do it. The opening match, as far as we're concerned, is a four-way dance for the Cruiserweight Championship. Defending champion Buddy Miffy. Bloody Miffy. Uh, sorry, Buddy Murphy. Bloody Buddy man. Buddy, buddy. <laughs> Bloody, buddy. he's gonna put some shrimp on my buddy. <laughs> he loves our show. Uh, Buddy Murphy is defending against Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto. So this will be a, a high flying, fast paced match, no doubt about that.
0: There will also be some international flavor, and not only international flavor, but flavor spelled F L A V O U. Are to make it extra international, extra, uh, let's put a little English spin on it. Let's add the extra unnecessary "u." <laughs> <laughs> Again, insulting our uh, overseas fans. Uh, so I love them. Hey, if, if there is no United States, if not for you,
2: wacky Brits. Oh, that's 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 very true. And he's a history guy. He he knows his stuff. So, Buddy Murphy. I mean, this specific competition here, I can see. Akira Tozawa or more so Hideo Itami becoming the cruiserweight champion. But I think they like the belt on Buddy Murphy at this point. Um, so I, I think they're going to keep it on him. So I, I don't think Buddy Murphy is in any danger of losing the title on this one. What do you think? Me neither. I think bloody bitty bitty
0: hangs on to the belt. Um, if I had to say it was going to go anywhere, it would be to Itami. I think we see eye to eye on this whole situation, but it's not going to a Tommy yet. Um, I I have stopped using the phrase, and definitely not on the pre-show, because every time I've ever said that, the belts have changed hands on the pre-show. So I'm officially removing that. Already unofficially I had, but now I'm
2: officially removing that from things that I say. I've always kind of thought that defending a title on the pre-show is somewhat disrespectful, kind of a slap in the face to the champion, let alone when the belt is dropped on the pre-show. I guess the point is like, you better not miss a minute of our programming, because you will miss something, but it's like, your main show is going to be four hours long. I don't want to truncate that with another hour of just Renee and everyone talking and, and that... Sometimes awkward exchange between whoever's doing the broadcasting at the very beginning of the show, um, so it, it kind of makes you watch the pre-show. Typically, we try to watch the pre-show because we have to talk about it. We got to cover it. We got to review it. Um, and well, also, I mean, not to sell, not to sell. Uh,
0: I don't want you to speak for me exactly there. I mean, I do still watch this product because I like it, right? So, <laughs> I mean. Sometimes that means that I, I must be a glutton for punishment. But, I mean, I still watch the pre-show because I, I can't get enough. In well, a weird way, I don't have... there There is not enough time in in my week to watch all the wrestling that is on TV. But if there were, I, I think I'd still do
2: it. Well, even people who love movies and movie stars still complain that the Oscars are too long, Darren. So that's what this is. Making anyone sit down to watch... Four plus hours of anything is kind of asking a lot, Lord knows, I love the Lord of the Rings movies, but when I think about watching them, it 's like, oh no no, 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 because that 's my day um,
0: <laughs> so anyway, you want you want to know I was telling uh this the other day that so the college preparatory academy uh, that i that at which I teach has put together an amateur wrestling team again uh, for the first time in a few years, and they had a meet that they invited me to the other day. And it was five and a half hours long. And I said, the only wrestling that I can watch for five and a half hours is WrestleMania. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to dip out <laughs> at about the four hour mark. Uh, unless somebody starts swinging a steel chair Uh or- or, or at least coming out to some entrance music.
2: Right, or some of the some of the wrestlers show up in Bullet Club gear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something cool like that. I, I know when I was in high school, I wanted to join the wrestling team and just show up in an NWO t-shirt, but I, I was told it didn't work that way. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of championships defended on the pre-show, there's another championship belt defense. Uh, Rusev, who recently became the U.S. champion, dethroning one Shinsuke Nakamura... Uh, has to fight Shinsuke once more to uh, retain that championship. Shinsuke Nakamura, Darren, as you pointed out before we started recording, going from winning last year's Royal Rumble to pre show of Royal Rumble. That's gotta hurt, however, it doesn't mean that Shinsuke will not be involved in the Royal Rumble itself.
0: Uh, now I'm gonna do us all a favor and make this statement once and make it boldly because if I don't. I'll say it 25 times during this episode. Uh, and I, so, I'll like I said, I'll spare us all that and say it once right now definitively. And I repeat, I reiterate myself from past years. I hate, I hate, I hate double dipping in the Royal Rumble match. What I mean is, of course, if you have a match, a singles match, a tag match, whatever, on the Royal Rumble card, and then you appear in the Royal Rumble match, I do not like it. And especially here in 2019, when WWE has 3,000 people under contract, <laughs> there should not be any double dipping, which means Nakamura belongs in the Royal Rumble match, not in this pre-show uh, match where he's chasing a title that he's lost. That Talk about disrespectful. And then, if you put him in the Rumble match, it just goes back to that feeling that I have, which is I don't want to see somebody who has essentially worn themselves out, right? We are to believe they've given it all they've got to try and win a match earlier. There's no realistic way, unless you are literally Rocky Balboa, that you're going to have a fight and then... 20 minutes later, an hour later, or even three hours later, conceivably outlast 29 other people. <laughs> you know, it's just, it reeks of fake bullshit, all right? And that is the end of that rant, and I won't do it again.
2: Well, clearly Darren has ever seen King of the Ring before in his life, where people had to compete multiple times in one night. Uh, that's okay, but Darren. No, no, I, I, I that's get it. That's the essence. I get it. I get it. I get it. But also, in, in King of the Ring, other people have also competed, so they're potentially very tired from their match. Or some people who get that buy, they are totally exactly. fresh while you are worn out. No, no, I get it. I get. It,
0: I get it. And we right, we acknowledge the advantage of the people who have been given the buy. We acknowledge that everybody else is equally as tired because we understand what a tournament format is. Royal Rumble is not a tournament format. It's just ignorant. It's fake bullshit. It's fake bullshit.
2: It's basically a a battle royale gauntlet. Um, So, and it's uh, it's a fun match. But we're not there yet. But, how do you feel about this match specifically, Darren? Rusev versus Shinsuke. I think, I don't see them dropping the belt from Nakamura onto Rusev. And then Rusev immediately giving back to Nakamura within a couple of weeks. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think if Rusev was going to have the title they would have waited until this show to give him the title. So the title changes hands on a pay-per-view pre-show. Um, so, uh, so I think Rusev's going to hold on to it. What do you think?
0: I think Rusev is going to hang on to it for pretty much the exact same reason. Yeah. I, I, I think that putting it back on Nakamura, what the, What does that even mean about that brief Rusev run? I don't think this is going to become some legendary long-lasting feud Um, I think it's a good matchup. Um, I think it could be a wonderful, legendary, long-lasting feud. I just don't think it's going to be. And so, therefore, switching the belt over and over doesn't doesn't play into a short-term feud. I think that this is getting the belt off of Nakamura to move Nakamura in a different direction. Now, losing the belt and then losing a rematch for the belt... Uh, that doesn't look like he's moving in a positive direction. Right. But it may be a different direction. Um, we'll just have to see. Or it could be a total schmoz and it goes some other way. Or guess what? Uh, it schmozes out or something. And then uh, Nakamura and Rusev double dip, end up in the Rumble. And then we get to see their match essentially continue more or less in the Rumble. And that's not a bad story. Like, that's not a terrible way to do it. Um, But, yeah, for the sake of this actual
2: matchup, I'm going to say Rusev retains. All right. I'm going to go with you on that. And I agree with uh, your explanation as well. That takes us to the show proper, the Royal Rumble officially beginning. The bar, uh, she misses Cesaro, Uh, They got their SmackDown Tag Team Championships defending against Shane McMahon and The Miz.
0: Do they they just
2: hate legitimate tag teams so much they'll throw any two people together to be a tag team? It's really starting to piss me off.
0: I don't understand... Oh, yes, I do. Never mind. All right, this is the end of the podcast. All right. And, And by the end of the podcast, I mean forever. Because, well, once you realize... Oh my God. I'm talking people out of listening to our show Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, I don't know why I was about to say, I don't know why you would stick the Miz with Shane McMahon right here. Yes, I do. Because you want to build to a Miz versus Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania. And, uh, (laughs) but we're here. And now hashtag if wrestling were real, What is the deal with this matchup? Because, or this this team up rather, it all started from the storyline wise with Miz wanting to like get the shine off of Shane McMahon for Shane McMahon inexplicably winning that World Cup tournament uh,
2: that culminated with at Crown Jewel uh, in Saudi Arabia. Shane McMahon is the greatest wrestler in the world. He won a tournament that said so. Speaking of tournaments, speaking of King of the Ring, just bring that back. But, so of course you want to put him with The Miz and have them win the SmackDown Championship belts, which had better not happen. I'm going to go ahead and say right now the bar had better retain those belts. As bored as I am of the bar being champions, um, if Shane McMahon wins a World Cup tournament to determine the greatest wrestler... And the SmackDown Tag Team Championship belts all in the same few months. Uh, I will be furious. Yeah, yeah. The, the bar has to win
0: here so that we can start the Miz-Shane McMahon feud. Because it's the end of January, which means you got two months. That's it. You got two months to build to a WrestleMania match between The Miz and Shane O'Mac. So it has to start here. Now, my dream scenario... Is you have uh, the Miz do so poorly against the bar because of cowardice that they beat the hell out of Shane McMahon. The combined might of Sheamus and Cesaro, you know, they they bust his lip, they blacken his eye, and and Shane will do it. Shane will take the black eye, you know, so that he can appear on Tuesday on SmackDown looking like he really got roughed up because that dude commits. I will give Shane McMahon that. He commits. Uh, So that's what I would have. I'd have The Bar not only win this match, but beat up Shane McMahon so bad that he's not even really mad at The Bar anymore. He transfers all that anger to The Miz for being such a terrible tag team partner. So that's what I would like to happen. Don't know that that will happen, but I do know The Bar most assuredly will win this match. Uh,
2: Very quickly, a note about The Bar. Um, I know that I've complained at the show about, like, well, just put these two people together, and now you're a tag team. And I don't don't like the Shane McMahon, the Miz tag team, and they are all of a sudden number one contenders to the tag belts. All that aside, you forget that The Bar has been together for years now at this point. We talked about it recently on the show where we're tired of two people getting thrown together and then one inevitably turns on the other because that's what's going to happen. But like within like the span of a few months, it doesn't mean anything because you see it come from a mile away. These guys have been together for so long at this point that when that turn happens, it's actually going to mean something. So I'm looking forward to these two feuding with each other at some point. But that better not start with them losing this match at Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, I don't want. I, yeah, exactly. Especially after the pitch that I just gave for the direction following the rumble, I don't want it to see the exact opposite happen. Right. Uh, but no, and, and I like that. I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think probably a lot of people lose sight of how long the bar has been uh, a, a cohesive tag team unit, but. I you know I know you don't love them, but like I am a big fan of them. You always say that. Team. You always
2: say that. I have nothing against the bar, Darren. I have always disliked the bar. It's boring that they're always champion. I think there are other tag teams, but and I think they're both phenomenal wrestlers. Them becoming the bar made me like both of them because I didn't like them before they started tagging. But no, I'm totally fine with the two of them. I'm just tired of seeing them fight Some combination of the New Day and uh, the Usos. That's getting really old to me. So I'm getting that wish. I'm getting them fighting two other people. But I wouldn't call Shane McMahon a wrestler, even if he is, quote, the greatest wrestler there is. Um, So anyway, so that's that. That's all. So
0: so who are you picking to win?
2: Uh, Obviously the bar, yes. (laughs) Okay, all right.
0: Well, so far, we are in agreement. This is not a real controversial head-to-head.
2: Head-to-head. That does happen from time to time, Darren, but it only takes one match for us to disagree on, and we have both Rumbles coming up as well. First, though, 60 chances to pick somebody different. Hey, one of us called both Rumbles accurately last year. I believe his name was me. Uh, (laughs) So that's all that is. Uh, Another championship up for grabs here. This time it's the Raw Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey. Rowdy Ronda Rousey, it's really hard to say, uh, taking on Sasha Banks, that young upstart Sasha Banks, uh, says, hey man, I'm rough and tough, I'm Sasha Banks. And uh, Sasha Banks has definitely gone through the gauntlet of matches throughout her uh, career at both NXT and WWE. Uh, so we know that she's a very good wrestler, but I do not think they want her to beat Ronda Rousey. And like we mentioned uh, about Ricochet earlier on of the show, um, it's the problem with being champion is you have to drop it eventually, and when you do, that's kind of it. I mean, Ricochet would would survive losing. Ronda Rousey would not survive losing a match at this point. At this point, at this, point. I
0: agree. At this point, that's a that's a fair statement, and I don't think we have to worry about that. I think they like her as the champion. I damn sure personally like her as champion because. To be perfectly honest, Becky Lynch is doing the best overall work in the company uh, as far as uh, a female wrestler. As a matter of fact, maybe period, maybe as a female or a male, but as far as like the matches are concerned, I would almost rather watch Ronda Rousey wrestle than anyone. Right, like it's, and I know that it started with like being uh, like hyper aware and being super focused on watching her wrestle to catch, you know, her shortcomings. Well, guess what? All of that really uh, extra focus on her uh, just meant that I was got super clarity into the fact that she's an outstanding professional wrestler. And uh, I I expect no different from this match. I know that Sasha can bring it. And I think that this is going to be a cool, uh, fun matchup to watch. I'm interested to see if we get any interference from the MMA for Horsewomen. I know that uh, with Rumble, uh, that, that weekend with TakeOver, so NXT's already in town. Then there's which NXT people are going to pop up in the Rumble. And there's, of course, the fact that Baszler, uh, Shafir, and Duke uh, complete the, the, the Ronda Rousey Four Horsewomen. And also we've seen Sasha throw up the four fingers recently. Uh, I'm curious if we're going to see any involvement there because that way maybe Ronda can retain without just completely squashing Sasha And sort of, you know, sweeping her under the rug Which I think just a flat out Clean victory by Rousey would do that At this point It'd be like, all right, vanquished her Next, you know Out with the old, in with the new Sasha's old news, bye bye You know, because, hell Charlotte did that to Sasha Banks On the microphone on SmackDown This week, I would hate to see Ronda Rousey do it in the ring So I think there will be some Sort of chicanery But uh, I think Ronda definitely retains.
2: I agree with all of that. That is accurate. So (laughs) we are still in agreement here. And uh, let's see if that train keeps rolling. Oh, this might be where it ends. WWE title match. That's right. Your WWE
0: champion, Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan, uh, is taking on the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. And this... uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I like this matchup. I like the new Daniel Bryan. I like Daniel Bryan very much. I, I'm i not absolutely over the moon about his return. Um, just because I haven't gotten to see the Daniel Bryan that I know and love. Uh, I can't complain about the way he's been booked. I mean, he's the fucking champion. <laughs> um, but it just hasn't been all that it could be. I think you were right that... There was no reason to put the belt on him this soon. That's part of the Daniel Bryan appeal was that he was always fighting from underneath. Now he's come back and he's immediately on top, and he's a heel. I don't mind the heel turn necessarily, but I don't like him being on top immediately. Uh, that needed to that needed to come and make it even more sweet. When he could not only return to action, but return to glory. And so, but, you know, that that, that is water under the bridge now. Like that, we can't,
2: you, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't unring the bell. Maybe you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, well, I mean, there's not much for me to say. You already basically reiterated everything that I have, you know, issues with as far as this matchup goes. Because this is not the first time they've faced off. Um, everything with Daniel Bryan happened way too quick. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of it. Well, as far as these being two wrestlers, this would be a fine wrestling match. But I could really care less who leaves Phoenix with the title belt at this point.
0: And I and I understand that. And now, and of course, I always have to do this. But dude, what if we could have seen this matchup a few weeks ago at Wrestle Kingdom? Oh, yeah. Forget about it. Can you imagine Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom and, like, the sub-main event?
2: Oh. Oh, dude. Instead, we get a watered-down version of that same exact matchup at Royal Rumble. So, it's, uh, you know, folks, you, you know, you know that, uh, we harp on that. The style of wrestling is just uh, the caliber of wrestling is just better in New Japan because they let them kind of go. WWE has more of a safe style, more of a, like a TV style. I'm not really sure what they would call it, but there's definitely a WWE style that kind of brings people down a couple notches uh, for whatever reason. So, well, you know, you know, they used to literally call it safe style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just.
0: That that term is so generic, and it's so dated, uh, and it's so hated uh, by by so many, including myself, that I hate to even use it. But this match could be good. I think there's one more thing at play here, and it's the the possible possible, uh, departure of AJ Styles for AEW when his WWE contract expires. How much of that is being considered by the WWE front office? Uh, How much credence should we give that rumor? And what's going on in AJ Styles' mind concerning the whole thing? All of that absolutely factors in to the outcome of this match. Um, I think, uh, or actually not the outcome, but the way it goes down. I think the outcome is is the outcome is
2: the outcome. And it's that Daniel Bryan uh, retains. Well, there's nothing they can do to AJ Styles besides job him out at the end of his career here. And he's already held the belt for 300-plus days and multiple-time champion, beat John Cena, beat Samoa Joe, beat Shinsuke Nakamura. So they did right by AJ Styles. Um, If he loses a couple matches between now and his potential departure, like, who cares? Like, he'll just show up for work like he's always done and do whatever. So, I mean, again, like there's, there's nothing at stake. And they hardly treat the WWE title like a title anymore. So, I've lost interest in the title belt itself. Which means I have little interest in this match. Again, it will be a good match because they're two good wrestlers. But I, I have a feeling that the belt's staying on Daniel Bryan.
0: And, and that's totally fair. Uh, that may be the most fair statement on this episode. That they've ruined the WWE title. Right. Um, even if this is a great match... It has nothing to
2: do with that strap. Sure. So you're picking Brian as well. Picking Daniel Bryan. So apparently we are still agreeing with each other on the outcome. But again, the Rumble matches are coming up. Uh, before that, though, we do have Asuka, the SmackDown Women's Champion, taking on someone you just mentioned very recently, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch coming back for What's Hers And uh, I don't know what's happening here. I'd be very sad, (laughs) very sad if Asuka dropped the belt to Becky Lynch at this point. Because Asuka just got the belt. But I could see it happening fairly easily. Um, Not sure why Asuka and Becky are even fighting, really. I feel like Charlotte and Becky should still be involved somehow leading into WrestleMania. Because I think that's where the, the main feud is. Um, it, it's kind of a Gargano-Champa situation. doesn't matter who they wrestle, the main feud is between the two of them. Um, so, Asuka just being champion. Lynch just wants, quote, what's hers, and she says she's the man. I mean, her being champion isn't the worst thing in the world. Obviously, I like Becky Lynch, but it's more like, Asuka just got that. You already screwed her out of it several times. What are you doing? So, I'm just going to have to go with Asuka on this one. Well,
0: you're right. This is where we split uh, in our head-to-head.
2: Head-to-head.
0: Because I am going to pick Becky to win this match. And that may just be wishful thinking. But um, I think it makes the most sense to have that woman with that belt right now. Becky really is the man. And... I touched on it last week or maybe the week before saying that I'm finally getting a WWE version of what I wanted out of a WWE version of Becky Lynch and it's only getting better. Like, seriously. Like, I I never thought I would see them push her this way and they are and they're doing it more than I thought they ever would, and continuing to. So I think you got to keep that gravy train a rolling and put the belt on her because that confident, that arrogant of a heel, like the man, Becky Lynch, does not need to fight from underneath. And I don't think it ruins Asuka. Um, I think in the long run, she certainly is going to be overshadowed by what I'm sure they're trying to do with the WrestleMania main event and have a Rousey, Charlotte, Becky triple threat. You know, Asuka obviously left out in the cold entirely, if that's the way they go. Um, And that ends up being your WrestleMania 35 main event. But if it is, it is. You need to start sooner than later. Put the belt on Becky here and now. Um, And that way she has the most momentum, the most opportunity for pushing herself as the champion. That much more marketing, that much more airtime with her not only
2: standing in the ring defiantly with her the man shirt, but also holding the belt. Sure, I can see that. Um yeah, I mean again, I understand them putting the belt back on Becky at this point, but again, I just hate it for Asuka because her title reign wasn't even a title reign, it was just she had the title for a little while. Um so I'm not I'm not a fan of that. Okay. But at the same time, I can see someone, maybe Charlotte, interfering in the match and costing her the opportunity, which is just more fuel for that fire. So this could just set up Becky Lynch, like you said, sorta of, more or less just to be fuel to the WrestleMania feud fire. Um, which might have nothing to do with Oscar at all, but um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Oscar on that one, and you're going with Becky Lynch. We disagree for once. Final match before the Rumbles: Finn Balor, the Demon King, coming in after Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship, and this is an interesting situation. One because Finn Balor is actually fighting Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title, and you know very quickly, Finn Balor was the inaugural Universal Champion um so the thing is no matter who wins wwe wins because if if finn balor wins then it's like there everyone you got what you want now leave me alone if brock lesnar wins then it's like oh you thought i was going to give you everything you wanted huh you got women's tag belts and you got this and that but nope fuck you finn balor's still a little guy and brock lesnar's a big guy Ha, 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 ha. so either way wwe wins
0: uh, you're right, and it is a it is a very intriguing matchup on Raw this week. The opening, uh, which of course, Finn Balor, good for him, while actively participating in the standard Raw gibber jabber opening, he at least criticized it by saying, "Same old Monday Night Raw, same opening segment, blah blah blah." I did appreciate at least the acknowledgement of it, even though. Like I said, he immediately just was guilt, uh, just as guilty as the rest of them. <laughs> but it was uh, very weird. It was very, very weird um, <laughs> for Vince McMahon to tell this distorted story of David and Goliath. Uh, this very strange, very strange uh, distorted version of the story of David and Goliath, which made no sense didn't really have a follow-up and even prompted Paul Heyman to say uh off microphone, but you could still hear him because the cameraman was in the ring. I've never read the Bible. <laughs> and, um, okay. You're, you're Jewish. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a free pass on not having read the new Testament, Paul Heyman, but, uh, The Old Testament, that's your book, buddy, and uh, I'm pretty sure you probably have read a great deal of it, uh, at least to prepare for your your bar mitzvah. Um, And all I'm going to say is that added to how strange it was. It's a given that Thin Balor versus Brock Lesnar is a David and Goliath-type story, Um, whereas we're used to seeing... Strowman and
2: Lesnar, which is Goliath and Goliath. We just saw uh, Daniel Bryan fight Brock Lesnar. That was even more of a David and Goliath. You, every time he fights someone smaller, can't be. Oh, it's a look. That's a regular David and Goliath. I mean, it it gets old.
0: You're right. Yeah, actually, that's that's a very good point too that I hadn't even considered. But I, it's one of the. I think the lady doth protest too much, and all of this talk of David and Goliath. Especially for Vince McMahon, who's not supposed to be out there being super Heel, Mr. McMahon, to really kind of shit all over Finn Balor. Uh, it kind of makes me think, you know, you, you poo-poo him too much because you're setting him up for his glorious conquest. To be perfectly honest, I'm going to invoke Saib Al-Sabah's music right here. I can't call it. I can't. <laughs> I can't call it. I don't know who's going to win this match. Uh, I mean, I, I know I have to make a pick here, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna defer to the second half
2: and make you uh, pick first. Oh, Brock Lesnar's going to destroy Finn Balor. Really? I, I think WWE is uh, for the last year or two they've been really playing up this whole self-aware bullshit angle. Hence, Finn Balor coming out and insulting the open, the boring opening of Raw. You know, uh, they basically, basically they look at Facebook and say, okay, what's everyone complaining about? Okay, we'll talk about that on Raw. And we'll, we'll mention it like we had the same thought or, you know, well, <laughs> so to me, this is all set up for, ah, uh, Finn, you're getting your, you're getting your boy Finn Balor, he's fighting Brock Lesnar, what you've always wanted, and you know, you, you, Why well, I think he can't beat him because Brock Lesnar's much bigger. And then it's set up to make you think, oh, but he will. He's making it look like he, there's no way, but he will do it somehow. And it's like, no, he's he's making you think that's where the road is headed. But it's it's going to be a road close sign right before Finn Balor can do a coup de grace on Brock Lesnar. So I have a pretty big feeling that Brock Lesnar is uh, retaining that Universal title. Also, why would he drop it going into WrestleMania? It would still mean more if he lost the belt at WrestleMania, and that's just the truth. Uh,
0: I I know there there's nothing you said just now that I disagree with, but I want something I want something to be so fresh that it reeks, which is really the opposite of what fresh things do. But I want something <laughs> that it, uh, this reeks with freshness. <laughs> But I do want something so fresh that it reeks. And
2: a Finn Balor Universal Championship would be that thing. The only thing they can do is try to head off AEW at the pass. Make Finn Balor your champion. Start to have New Japan slash ROH type matches before AEW can even get off the ground. So you have people like Finn Balor and Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and, you know, call-ups from NXT, Shinsuke Nakamura. You have all these guys fighting for the main titles. So basically you're getting the talent that would be on AEW, but you're seeing it on Raw. So by the time AEW gets established, it's already nothing new because you're seeing those kinds of matches, those kinds of guys wrestling in the spotlight anyway. That's one way they could take this. They could take the whole next year. And say, oh nope! All young guys, all young guys. You Facebook fuckers have nothing to complain about because we made it. All the younger guys, all the flippy guys are fighting, and they're the champions. So oh, AEW doing the same thing. Oh, we we've been doing that before they even started. See what I mean? That's the only uh, the uh, only uh, I thing think, I can see happening.
0: And that you you really nailed why I want to pick Thin Balor here. I'm gonna say this is the most against type pick I'm going to have made maybe in the history of the show in the entire history of the whole reference show wow. I have not made a pick that I didn't want to make as much as this one I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar to retire oh
2: and that's where I am too my friend we are agreeing I thought for sure you'd go Finn Balor but you swerved me Darren you swerved them all well that's it That, I mean, as far as all the regular matches... That's not, I mean, mean, that's not it. Well, no, it's not it. Let me finish my statement, interrupting Darren. Uh, As far as the matches go, we agree on everything except for the SmackDown Women's Championship match. I went with Asuka, you went with Becky Lynch. So, that does leave the two Royal Rumble matches. But, ladies and gentlemen, we can't talk about the Royal Rumble without, of course, talking about our third annual Royal Rumble Contest. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Many have entered. Only few were able to participate in the official third annual Royal Rumble contest, and we have those 30 names, and we have assigned those 30 names 30 numbers. Now, for those who don't know, the Royal Rumble is a match that happens typically at Royal Rumble. Uh, 30 competitors come into the ring. It starts with two people. And then the time between kind of varies, but typically it's, I think this time will be two minutes. Um, Every two minutes, someone new comes out. So basically people are given numbers, the backstage area, and they come out according to what number they are. One through 30, women, same exact thing, Women's Rumble, second annual Women's Rumble this year. Uh, So for those 30 entrants at our contests, we got 30 names and they have all been assigned numbers and we're going to read those numbers off right now. Sound good, Darren? Yeah, that sounds good to
0: me. I mean, I love very little in wrestling more than a Royal Rumble match. And how can you make a Royal Rumble match better? We figured out the way. You have a contest and you put the people on the line. You assign uh, a wrestler to a fan and then they can just chomp at the bit uh, to see if they're going to win. Unless, of course... (laughs) They end up with somebody that they, as soon as they come
2: out, they go, oh, great, I'm never going to win with this person. (laughs) Right. I was going to say you assign the fan to a wrestler who might not necessarily be a fan of the wrestler, but that's just how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this year, as we've stated before, but let's
0: state one more time definitively, there are two Royal Rumbles, a Women's Royal Rumble and a Men's Royal Rumble. They each will have 30 contestants. So our 30 contestants we'll have two opportunities to win one of two or two of two conceivably fantastic prizes two different prizes and you got to stick around till next week to find out what they are
2: and who the winners are of said prizes of, well, of, of not said prizes <laughs> <laughs> well you'll know as you while
0: you're watching the show you'll find out You'll either be devastated when you fail to skin the cat and both of your feet touch the floor or you will be ecstatic when you are the last man or woman or the last man and woman standing on the small chance, the very small chance that WWE lets the same entry number win both Rumble matches. But uh, I'm stoked. Let's let's give everybody their numbers. They're tired of waiting
2: All right, then. Starting off with number one. Number one in the Royal Rumble contest is Showtime 21. Number two, Daniel Laguna. Number three, Ben Blanton.
0: Papa Midnight. That's right. Number four, the Redwood, the Puppy, sweet, sweet Charles Volkert.
2: And speaking of puppies, at number five, Jonas Black. He loves puppies. He loves dogs of all kinds. Check out Hero Lee. If you like dogs, you will love Hero Lee, the podcast. Number six, Abe Martin. Number
0: seven, Coheed Heights. Number eight, Jameson Bennett, JB the Rocker. Number nine, Jeb Brown. Jeb Brown. Number ten, long-time listener, early adopter, Jason Maxwell, making his return to the Royal Rumble contest.
2: Number eleven, Edgar Menares. Edgar. Number eleven. Number twelve, Destiny. Number 13, friend of the show, Tyler Rollins. Tyler Rollins. Number 13, lucky 13.
0: Number 14, Delilah. That's
2: right, Delilah, you are number 14. Hey, Delilah, Shinsuke Nakamura won with that number last year. And by Shinsuke Nakamura, that means Tom Breen won with that last year. Number 15, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, number 15. Hey, Kelly, you, you didn't end
0: up with our truth <laughs> Number 16, one half of the voices of Fest Wrestling, Max
2: Greg. Too many consonants in your name, but still, good guy, good guy. Number 17, Sean Guarino. Sean Guarino, number 17, pal. Number 18, we talked to him
0: earlier. He's going to be... He's not going to be watching the Rumble because he has his own Rumble in the Mayhem on Mills this Sunday. That's right. Number 18, Teddy Stigma.
2: The world's worst role model, but hopefully maybe the world's best Royal Rumble uh, contest winner. We'll see for his sake. Number 19, The Cleanser, Duncan Welker. The Cleanser, Duncan Welker. Number 20,
0: One half of the Coda, a man who will quickly remind you that everything is demon shit. That's Ronnie
2: Rios. Ronnie Rios. Good man. Good man. Speaking of Tom Breen, number 21, Tom Breen defending his championship from uh, last year's win, (laughs) the Royal Rumble Contest. Tom Breen in the 20s. Jeez, that's still a pretty good chance. I mean, everyone's got a good chance because you never know, but still, the the 20-er the better when it comes to Royal Rumbles.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, if anybody unseats Tom Breen, they've got uh, some big shoes to
2: fill or a a big t-shirt to fill. (laughs) That's right. You better go to every indie show, wear a t-shirt, and force everyone to take pictures with you. Number 22, Crystal from Gainesville. Welcome, Crystal. Number 23, Starla Fortier. Starla at number 23. Coming in at number 24, was
0: the first winner of the Whole Reference Show first annual Royal Rumble contest. Of course, we're talking about Ryan Pate, who took his winnings <laughs> all the way to the Nature Ball. <laughs>
2: Both of the former winners are in the 20s. I'm sure a lot of the folks who have been in all the contests who are stuck in the top 10 really appreciate that. Again, these numbers are drawn at complete random folks. We have no control over it. Uh, it's it's all totally randomized. Again, very hard to rig the Royal Rumble contest. That being said, number 25, John Bring. John Bring, friend of the show. Uh, and <laughs> the way I sounded just now made it sound like I, I somehow put him at 25. Again, not, not pre-selected at all. Not pre at all. Number 26 is Luis Gonzalez. Number 27, Richard Studebaker. Richard Studebaker, long-time listener. Nice to have him in the Rumble. Absolutely. Number 28, Roshan Rochester. Roro's toy. Roro. Number 29, Jared Hill. A friend of the show, Jared Hill. And uh, Jared Hill, who also was
0: our in the field correspondent at the TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida, for the AEW rally, double or nothing uh, announcement rally, et cetera, et cetera. Jared Hill in at 29, so that's pretty good. And at number 30, and this blew our minds, dear <laughs> listeners. When we, again, fully randomize, fully randomize, three years in a row, number 30 for the third year in a row
2: (laughs) is Mike Farinelli. I don't know how that happens. I know what kind of odds those are, but that's insane.
0: It doesn't make any sense because it just doesn't make any sense. Out of, I mean, so 90 slots, if you will, 90 slots, and what, a 200 contestants or more than that? Mike Farinelli lands the same slot for all three years?
2: <laughs> it does boggle the mind uh, for certain, but... Those are your 30 competitors in the third annual Royal Rumble Contest. We do appreciate everyone who sent in entries. Unfortunately, not everyone was able to get in. Again, only 30 spots available. Um, but uh, please try next year. Please, please try next year. And uh, best of luck to our, uh, our magnificent, our glorious 30. Yeah,
0: good luck to all of you. Uh, pay attention to your number. You got two chances to win, two Rumble matches to watch. And uh, if you do win, tune in next week to find out what
2: you've won. Right. And if you lost, you know, please keep tuning in anyway. <laughs> 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 to see what to see what you could have won had you been randomly assigned a different number. Um, now, now, Perry, this head-to-head, head-to-head
0: is not quite over. But these last two matches are the hardest possible matches to pick. They're almost like just taking a shot in
2: the dark. Well, for some, it's pretty difficult. Again, I did call them both accurately last year, uh, because my wrestling intellect is far superior to yours. If there were such thing,
0: that a fact.
2: If there were such a thing, there was such a thing as AP wrestling class. That's what I would teach. You might teach AP history, like anyone cares about the past. Wow. I'm talking about the future, baby. Royal Rumble. Wow. Is how I really feel about you. And this might be our final episode of the whole Ref and Show, the only wrestling podcast that calls down the middle. I kid, I kid. You adult, I kid. So let's get into it. Let's start off with the Women's Royal Rumble. Only one thing is for sure number 30 is Carmella. We know that. We know that. We know that. So.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. Have all 30 been announced? I don't think it's quite 30. I think it's around 25. Or so that have been announced. I know we've got the Riot Squad, Ember Moon, Bailey, Natalia, uh, Mandy Rose, and Sonia Deville from SmackDown, uh, Alicia Fox, Zelina Vega, Naomi, Mickey James. We have the Iconics. Charlotte, of course, is in the match. Tamina and Dana Brooke, Lana, Nia Jax, Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss announced that this is the match she makes her. In-ring return, which that's kind of exciting And Lacey Evans Finally, I don't know that she's Chosen her brand yet But she did announce that she Will be making her way Into a WWE ring Along with 29 other women So that is a stacked It's sort of like I Said last year At least for two or three Or even four years The Women's Royal Rumble Match stands to be one of the best matches of the year because it's an because it's an all star game you know after almost thirty men's royal rumbles over the years, you've got a bunch that are far that are anything but all star games because like I said, go watch the two thousand and twelve rumble <laughs> you know, or watch the ninety five rumble It's like there are years where the the real top talent are involved in other stuff and don't come near the Royal Rumble match. Even with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch and Asuka uh, and Sasha not being in this match, it's still an all-star women.
2: It's all stars, so it's hard to pick. Of course, you don't want to call every single combatant in the Rumble. You want to leave some room for surprise, Uh, surprise entries it is interesting to see who will show up in the rumble Um, but you have to remember that last year the first ever women's royal rumble darren alexa bliss and charlotte flair were excluded because they were both champions so the champions could not themselves be involved in the rumble because typically for those who don't know royal rumble if you win the royal rumble basically you get to choose which champion you want to face for the title at wrestlemania So I think it's going to go to someone who was not able to compete in last year's Rumble. Uh, Charlotte doesn't need a reason to fight Becky for the title if she leaves with the title. Uh, I I kind of feel like she already has a dance partner in Becky Lynch no matter what. Um, So I think this is where Alexa Bliss comes back in a big way and wins this Rumble. So if I had to pick one person, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss. Okay, well... I am going to prognosticate wildly
0: here uh, and just go completely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I'm going to say that Charlotte wins and that Ronda retains, like we said earlier. Becky takes the belt off of Asuka and Charlotte uses her position as the Royal Rumble winner to challenge both champions uh, at WrestleMania. Now I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you book that, and I don't know you certainly don't know how you book the finish or the fallout. Maybe you just have it be a non-title match. I don't know, but I think that this is a way for Charlotte to win. I like your idea about Alexa, and I would not mind seeing Alexa win. There's actually a lot of these women I wouldn't mind seeing win. Like I would love to see
2: Ruby Riot win, to be honest. No, I, I, she'd be my favorite to win if. Wrestling wasn't horribly, you know, booked against her. Um, no, like as far as like a wild card winning, I would definitely go with Ruby Riot, but you know, it's going to be someone that is going to fight for the belt at WrestleMania, it's going to be more of a marquee name, right? So, I'm
0: going to go with Charlotte, and you're going with Alexa, so um,
2: very cool. Well, that being said, your Charlotte idea makes a lot of sense, and like I said, I think it's going to be either Charlotte or Alexa, but I'm going to go with Alexa. Because she needs a, a way to get to that uh title match. Which Charlotte doesn't necessarily need that. No, absolutely.
0: Now, on to the men's Royal Rumble.
2: We know one cause... thing that number 30 is our truth. Sorry, Mike Farinelli. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh, Mike Farinelli at number 30 could possibly win with Carmella. He doesn't stand a chance with our truth. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> So, our truth is in the match. So is Drew McIntyre. All three members of the New Day are there. Seth Rollins, the architect, Jeff Hardy, who has supposedly been going to take time off for like uh, every week for a year now, and yet there he is. Uh, (laughs)
2: He's taking time off from taking time off, Darren.
0: He certainly is. The almighty Bobby Lashley as well as Dean Ambrose, Samoa Joe, and John Cena all are going to be in the Royal Rumble. Elias and Baron Corbin. Boy, do they hate each other, both from Raw and both in the Rumble. Jinder Mahal, Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews, I know, has his eyes set on Bobby Lashley. Andrade Cien Almas, who apparently, by the way, is just Andrade now? Where's the C N? Where's the Almas? They they go bye bye. Mustafa Ali and Rey Mysterio uh, representing the little guys. Uh, I still can't figure out Mustafa Ali's push. Um, I don't understand. I don't. I
2: don't hate it. I don't understand it either. No, no, no. It's I, it's not. Yeah, nothing against him. It's just kind of of all the people to do that with. Why him? All of a sudden. Yeah. Exactly. No, no. I, I totally get that. Yeah.
0: Uh also as far as why him Titus O'Neill, I mean uh I'm you know, if I had to put money on it, I think they uh recreate or at least Oh uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. We're 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 gonna see some sort of uh nod to his tripping and falling while entering greatest Royal Rumble. Greatest, not the greatest. No, no, just greatest. Uh, no definite article there. No definite articles in Saudi Arabia. Uh, <laughs> just uncertain articles. Are, are there definite articles in Arabic? I don't know. I don't speak Arabic. And then, of course, Randy Orton, because uh... he, he has to be there. He has to be there just to ruin it. Now. Might we see a returning Bray Wyatt to this match? I hope so. I hope beyond hope that we do. Um is this where we do we see the Undertaker appear? No, I hope oh. not. I hope not. Please, Undertaker,
2: stop! Stop! Um, what about what about Kenny Omega? Oh, don't get me started on this whole thing. We don't want to repeat the Rumble of two years ago, where we said that everyone would be there, including Raven and his Prime. Uh, oh, there-
0: God, no.
2: <laughs> oh, you love it.
0: Who wins this match?
2: Uh, it seems kind of, it's hard to say because easily 10 of these people could win this match. But again, you got to look at, uh, WrestleMania. You got to look at the potential champions going into WrestleMania. And I think there's something to my little guy, you know, quote unquote, their words, not mine. Little guy hypothesis where this might be the time to double down on, on lighter folk who can actually go instead of just big guys who hardly ever wrestle And they seem to be investing a little bit more in Seth Rollins these days. So I'm going to go with Seth Rollins winning this match. He's not my pick, as in like someone I actually want to see win the Rumble, but I can see where they would let him win the match. So I'll go with Seth Rollins. Oh, man, I had a different pick. (laughs) And now I see the
0: logic in your answer. It's so... There's no reflection on you. Please don't misunderstand me. Uh, but uh, okay. Seth Rollins is such an unsexy pick. I know. Uh, I know. Like, this is not fun. I don't... And I like Seth Rollins. He's just not a fun
2: pick for he, a, he's a He's a fine Rumble competitor. But not one that you want to actually see win the Rumble. Like...
0: Uh, God, like... Out of, out of the announced uh, participants, are there any... Se- There's a couple of sexy winners. There's a couple of... <laughs> There's a couple of exciting possibilities. By sexy, we mean exciting
2: possibilities.
0: Yeah. If... I, I would say I'd be totally shocked and surprised by, like, a Dean Ambrose or a Samoa Joe win. Samoa Joe doesn't have a snowball's chance
2: in hell, but how cool would that be? Well, at least he just recently had a feud for the WWE title. Seth Rollins hasn't smelled a WWE major, major title. He was the IC champ for a while, I know, but I mean like universal WWE title. in a long time, I think he feels like he's owed it. I'm sure he's like, give me something, or I'm going to AEW. End of story.
0: I, I, yeah. I don't know I, I think that and i'm not, not not because I'm a huge fan, but because it would be a huge swerve and and sort of uh you know uh shove it up your ass uh, <laughs> choice would be Baron Corbin, oh my god, no no, no, and then of course, there's another no snow you know snowball's chance in hell um but would be smart if they would do it would be gender Mahal. And sort of, re- you know, recover, rehabilitate him into the character he was a year ago, and not the sideshow that he's become. Sure, but yeah, until you said Seth Rollins, my pick was was Drew McIntyre. It can still be Drew McIntyre, Darren, and it could still be. And I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if they're ready to pull the trigger on McIntyre. I know that they've got to have big plans for him in the future. I don't know if the future is now. I think Seth Rollins, though, not saying he can't ever be the champion again or have a good championship program. I just don't know if this is the time for it. It's uh, it's such
2: a mystery right now. I think the best thing they can do is have our truth get attacked backstage by an unknown assailant earlier in the night. So the whole night, it's like, we don't know if our true is number 30, whatever. And then just someone who we are not expecting is number 30, and they come in, they win it. That's the only way to make this Rumble a bit more exciting. As it is, it's kind of like, I don't really... I have no stake in who wins the actual match. I'm not involved in any contests, per se. <laughs> so I don't have a lot at stake in this one. I wish all the 30 competitors in our third annual Royal Rumble contest all the best. So I'm not rooting for any one person. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really... And this one, Shinsuke is probably not going to be in it, so I'm not rooting for him. I already got that Christmas present last year, so I can't complain. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, picking people, I just think Seth Rollins is a logical choice at this point. Rollins is
0: totally the logical choice. But, I'm you know what, for the hell of it, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre.
1: Ooh.
0: Um, so, so we shall see. I think you're probably right. It's probably going to be Seth Rollins. But I'm, just for the sake of, of argument, for the sake of... Of head-to-head... Head-to-head...
2: Going with Drew McIntyre. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Only one disagreement as far as the regular matches on the card and the pre-show, but in the actual rumbles themselves, Darren and I do not see eye-to-eye whatsoever. Men's Rumble, uh, I'm calling Seth Rollins. He's calling Drew McIntyre. Women's Rumble, I am calling Alexa Bliss. He is calling Charlotte Flair. And uh, that's it for Royal Rumble. I mean, it's not it. It hasn't happened yet. But that's where we are with that going into Rumble itself this weekend. And once again, I want to thank all the people that signed up for the Royal Rumble contest. And of course, the people who are in there, best of luck to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Looking forward to taking copious notes of uh, who came in, who ended up being what wrestler, and talking about it next week. It's always a lot of fun, though. It's a lot of fun for me.
0: Yeah, and actually... um... It's that much more fun to sit there uh with my notebook and not only track what's happening on the screen, who's in, who's out, uh, who throws who out, but then also glance over at my list of our rumble contest entrants and say, Oh, who was that? Who does
2: that for us? Who right. does that mean? Right, right, absolutely. Uh, and that's it for both Royal Rumble and NXT Takeover Phoenix. It's going to be a, a, a hopefully a very good weekend for wrestling. Looking forward to both shows as always. Of course, the contest is going to play out. Looking forward to that. So hope everyone does enjoy both those shows. Once again, I do want to thank both of us want to thank Teddy Stigma uh, for stopping by and giving us an update. I'm sure uh, all of our hashtag your listeners appreciated hearing from Teddy. Um, and if you can get to Mayhem on Mills 3 this weekend, you should do so. Watch the Rumble afterward. And uh, if you do so, I, I promise you this
0: you will see no less than Teddy
2: Stigma. <laughs> That's guaranteed. I read it in the Orlando uh, news rag uh, that we'll see no less than Teddy Stigma. Uh, also, a lot of other great talent on that show as well. Check out Mayhem on Mills if you are so inclined. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Number 115 in the books, Darren. In the can. In the ringer. In the ringer. In the hopper. (laughs) Are you guys psyched about Royal Rumble? Do you know who's going to win? Let us know. There's a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast, RefnShowPodcast, R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to, The Show at gmail.com, T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or there's always the
0: Instagram. That's right. Come find us on Instagram at The Whole
2: and show you know how instagram works and we do it up (laughs) right holla that's it ladies and gentlemen thank you once again for tuning in this week we hope to see you next week as well until then my name is perry smith and i am the incredible badass that is darren beasley and we're both going to see you next time ladies and gentlemen once again good luck royal rumblers You get to rumbling. We'll see you next week to find out who the winners are. Until then, take care.
0: Bye. on!